And I want to say, Reverend Sister Butcher, we love you as well. And uh, when you see the sacrifice uh, as you travel of pastors and, uh, and workers in the church, it really is overwhelming, but we're, we're not a really a great group of people to go around patting ourselves on the shoulder, on the back, and saying, what a great job we've done. So a lot of what happens is, uh, is many, many times never, ever known about. But uh, thank you, Brother Butcher, for your kind words. I'm just a servant of Jesus Christ, and uh, I want to do my best. And sometimes I don't feel like I'm doing my best. Anyway, we're all like that, aren't we? It doesn't matter what we do. We never feel like we're really doing our best. And I'm probably going to uh, touch on uh, that, some words of Paul uh, that he spoke. Uh, we, look at, we look at men in the Bible like Paul and Peter and, and we, uh, we think, wow, actually they... They also said they were trying but hadn't actually got to their best. So uh, there's hope for every one of us. Amen? Well, uh, of course, everybody knows what's so special about the last 14 days. The Olympic Games. <clears throat> Wow. Some people that may not uh, mean very much. I, I can testify, uh, and I'm not boasting here, but I had the opportunity of training for the Mexico Olympic Games as a sprinter. And uh, I thank God that uh, I put it aside. I told the, I went for training, I went for in Melbourne University and uh, I told them no, uh, I need to study. But now I realise there was something else really also behind the scene far greater than that. Now I've only told you that to help you to understand a little bit uh, that what I'm going to speak tonight about, I know a little bit about it, all right? And uh, I, I can't tell you whether I ever would have got to the Olympic Games. I don't know. Was it, from where I was at that time, there was a long, long way to go. I was a, a sprinter. I was a very fast sprinter. I don't look like it today, do I? Um, <laughs> In fact, Brother Butcher, when I used to run, people used to laugh. Because generally, sprinters have long legs. And, uh, and, and my legs are not really sprinting legs. And uh, they used to laugh. They said, never seen somebody's legs go so fast. <laughs> they had to go faster than anybody else's because I, they weren't quite as long as anybody else's. But I, uh, I started off running the uh, 100 metres and uh, what actually was back then 100 yards. And then... Uh, uh, never did, did well at that, and there was always somebody that nabbed me. But I, I found my little niche, 
with the what they call 220 meters back then, and uh, and I started really really winning lots of races and doing too well, doing very well, until one day I was at the Olympic Park in Melbourne uh, at the All High School Sports, and the the coach came over and said, "You've got to run in the quarter mile." I said, "I'm not a quarter of a mile runner." He said, but you're running it. I said, well, why? He said, the, the chap that's supposed to be running it is sick. He can't run it. So you, you're, you're the emergency. You've got to run it. I said, I've never run a quarter of a mile before. You know, I'm, I'm, well, uh, actually, a quarter of a mile really is a sprint, but I was not conditioned to sprint uh, a quarter of a mile. Uh, 220, meter, uh, 220 yards was my... So anyway, he said, well, you've got to get up there. And I, I could just see everything going out the window because I had the 220-yard final coming up later on that day and I thought, here we are, we're going to throw it all overboard in this race. Well, we're on the starting blocks and bang, off it went and I went for my life. I ran like I was running 220 metres. And when I came into the straight, the whole grandstand there was on their feet screaming. And I, re- I thought they were screaming because this guy was, had to be just right behind me, right here. And I could actually hear him breathing <laughs> right behind me. And I just ran faster and faster and faster. <laughs> when, I got over, when I got over the finishing line, I broke the record. <laughs> so uh, there's, there's a bit of a moral to that, and that is... You don't have to run certain races in your life to win. You can still win. Then have to have experience. And, uh, and it doesn't really hurt when you feel like somebody's breathing down your neck, like the pastor. Nick? Okay. Now, uh, this past week I happened to turn on the television at our, our house we don't watch, we watch very little television, but I've quite enjoyed uh, turning the television on while I have my lunch uh, this, this past week and, uh, and just watching the Olympic Games. And I saw that race, which was the, um, was the quarter mile. And I, th- I think I got the right race. And uh, there was the fellow in the outside lane. Remember that? Does anybody remember this? You see, when you're in the outside lane, when you start, you're miles ahead of everybody else. But you've actually got to, you've got to be a long way ahead. Everybody runs the quarter mile, but you start off way, way ahead of everybody else. And Brother Butcher, the outside lane is the worst lane because you can't see where anybody else is. The inside lane's the best because you're running all the time to try and catch up to somebody, everybody. And when you get into the straight, you realise you've been running so fast you're ahead. But if you're running in the outside lane, you, you, you can't tell where you are. And the commentators were saying that this particular man, I, I'm not sure, Zambia, was he from or somewhere like that? South Africa? Yeah. They said, nobody has ever won the race in the outside lane. Nobody has ever won the Olympic uh, quarter mile in the outside lane. And I was so proud of that. I was interested in this race because I've, I've run it. I was just so proud of him because he ran 
for his life. He didn't have anybody to look at. He didn't have anybody to gauge his running against. He just ran for his life. Not only did he win the race, but he broke the record. Amen. It just blew everybody away. Everybody was saying, wow, wow, this is this really is unbelievable. If you understand the psychology behind it, it is even more astounding. Uh, because usually, if you get assigned to the outside lane, doesn't matter how good a runner you are, you can almost guarantee you're going to come in, uh, you're going to either probably fall in the last couple of the race because you can't gauge your running against anybody. Let's turn to the book of First uh, Corinthians chapter 9. I'm going to begin by reading verse 24. Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize? So run that you may obtain. What that means is so win that you, so run that you may win. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, and then he goes and talks about boxing. We're running in a race. The unfortunate thing about it is we can see the other runners. Brother, no doubt you look at somebody else and you think, if only I could be a Christian like them. Yeah? Who feels like that? Who, who knows somebody else and they think, if only I could be a Christian like them? Yeah, that's, I've always been a bit like that too. If only I could pray like them. If only I could worship like them. If only I could preach like them. And all, all that. Well, we're looking at the other runners. But in this race that we're running, in this race that we're running, we are, uh, I'll give it to you, darling, because I won't be touching it all the time. <laughs> she's, she's my wife. She's watching me. I've got a little battery in my packet, the pocket that was slipping around. So. <laughs> so we're watching each other, and we shouldn't be. We, we should be just right out there looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our salvation. Fix your eyes upon Jesus. Fix your eyes upon Jesus. Let him be your focus. Let him be who you're running. And guess what? I can tell you that there's not winner, one winner. There is one winner and Jesus won it. Amen. And we're going to go through that. We're going to go through with him because we, we are victors in Jesus Christ. Amen. So get your eyes off other people and just try to be like Jesus. Because while you've got your eyes on other people, you'll only be like them. But if you keep your eyes on Jesus, then you'll go over the finishing line with him. Amen. Amen. All right. 
So, uh, let me just go back here. Praise the Lord. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 12, verse 1, it says, Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Now, I could never be a sprinter now because I'm carrying too much weight. And uh, when, you, when you are a sprinter, particularly a sprinter, you, you have to be very trim, but you also have to have the muscles and the stamina to be able to run it. So it's a very, very uh, balanced operation. Unfortunately, you can't eat what you want to eat. You've got to eat good food and uh, very good food. And I remember my mother, mother uh, putting this dreadful stuff called um, mice, or misley or something or other on my breakfast every morning. And uh, I used to like my breakfast, but that stuff used to spoil it, something terrible. Uh, and then you, uh, you, you, had to, you had to watch what you eat right up to about five days before you ran. And, uh, and then immediately before you ran, you had to be eating and well, particularly drinking the right sort of things to lay outside every weight. What you ate, what you did, how you trained was all set up to win the race. And you think of these, these people. I, I read um, on the news on my computer uh, last night about some of the Australians who have been in trouble uh, over at the Olympic Games and what it basically was saying, they have been training for four years They've not, they've had to live a rigid life for four years. And now their races are over and their sport's over. They let their hair down last night and, and lived riotously. Now, let me first of all talk about the training. We're training, okay? So we've, we have to live disciplined lives. But I want to tell you, we, only, we can only let our hair down when the race is won. And we'll be in heaven there and we'll really, uh, well, probably the word let your hair down is not a good word, but we'll, 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 we'll go crazy in heaven. We'll, we'll just love to be with Jesus. We'll worship him. We'll love each other. We'll just love being there. Amen. And, 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 and we'll, we'll be shouting the praises of God and the mercy of God for his mercy endureth forever. I like that. I really like that. They all around the throne crying, his mercy endureth forever because everybody there will realize they don't deserve to be there, but they'll be saying, but his mercy endureth forever. Why don't won't they feel like they deserve to be there? Philippians chapter 3 verse 13 probably expresses it in Paul's word. Brethren, I count not my help, my I count not myself to have apprehended. Okay? In other words, Paul is saying, I have not arrived. I have not finished. But this one thing I do, 
forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. He says, not looking behind. Now, I, I was uh, absolutely, when I saw pictures on the news of, uh, of Mr. Bolt, who did the bolt in the 100 metres, uh, he's looking, so he's smiling, he's running the race and he's smiling at somebody. That's probably because he's such a good runner, he can afford that amount of time to take out and give somebody a smile uh, during the race. But that, that, that is taboo. When you're running, um, I, I had that habit and I got scolded many, many times running. I'd be running in the race and I'd take a quick glance to see where everybody else was in the field. And my trainer, he would really give me the works. You do not look to the side. You look at the finishing line. Don't look. And, uh, and they had figures. They said, you know, just one glance out of, to, out of the corner of your right at everybody else, you lose like a tenth of a second off, off the finish. And tenths of seconds really add up in a very fast race like, like that. And uh, that's what amazes me, the picture there, and he's, uh, he's, he's running a race and he's smiling at the guy beside him. And I think, man, he must be a fast runner to be able to waste that much time having a bit of a smile while he's running his, running his race. Uh, but you don't look, look around. And in the Christian life, we've got to stop looking around. And we've also got to stop looking back. I mean, you're in a race and you look back, you've finished. You're probably going to fall over. Amen? You're probably going to fall over. Now, if you've never run a race like this, never run a race like this, I want to tell you something else. We all say about, who, who's a sprinter? Anybody here ever been a sprinter? Okay. When you're really running fast and you're told to look at the finishing line, but guess what? You can't see the finishing line. You can't because you're running so fast that your whole body is vibrating. You can't see that finishing line. In fact, even the lines on the ground are all blurry. You're, just, you're barely managing to, to keep within those lines on the ground because you're putting so much effort. There's so much vibration going on in your body that you, your eyes can't even focus. So look behind. Oh, it's out of the question. <laughs> you're likely to turn around and run the other way. <laughs> so there's a lot of Christians today who keep looking behind. Now, we can say, well, we look at other people, but we also maybe look behind. Why do we look behind? Well, most of the time is we're looking at our failures. Yeah? The devil comes to you and, and he says, you think you're going to do well in this race, don't you? Just have a look where you came from. God knows what you were like before you became a Christian. Jesus knows how you failed last week. Just look behind and just remember those things that you failed. Satan's a condemnator. He's in the business of condemning you and discouraging you. Amen? And 
And he, he's trying to run. He's not going to win this race. He's not going to win it, but he's right on your heels. The most intimidating thing that I found, uh, and I spoke about um, intimidation this afternoon at the, at the Burmese uh, meeting, uh, sprinting is a big intimidation thing. Okay? And, you know, like, it, it, all sport is. You know, everybody comes on, they flex their muscles and, and all the rest of it, you know, and everybody's looking tougher than everybody else. If you've ever seen, I saw a football game on a clip somewhere a couple of months ago, and before the game even started, one guy was knocking the other fella on the field. The game hadn't even started. What? Well, that's intimidating. You know, what he's really saying is, don't you get in my road while I'm playing this game. So it's intimidation. But in, in athletics, there's also intimidation, and it starts the moment that you walk out of the, out of the dressing rooms. And, uh, and you, you, get, you, you see it. You, you get to the starting blocks and you're there and, and there they are walking up and down, you know, and, uh, and uh, running on the spot and stretching their muscles like this, you know. It's, it's all in, uh, yeah, sure, they're getting ready for the race, but it's all a lot of intimidation. Everybody's trying to show off their muscles and I'm not, I'm not any way intimidated by you. In actual fact, I'm trying to intimidate you. And then uh, everybody gets on the blocks and that's where it really starts. But the prob when you get on the blocks, there's no time for the other person to intimidate you. You get intimidated because you can hear them. Everybody's breathing like that. And everybody sounds like they're just right there, right behind you. Well, there's a lot of intimidation goes on by the devil. But I just want to tell you one thing. He never crosses the finishing line. Never. You're the one running towards the finishing line. Forget about him. <coughs> Excuse me. And so Paul says, I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I haven't ap apprehended. I haven't arrived yet. But he's stating it's important to forget those things which are behind and reach or strive out toward those things which are before. He's saying, look, I'm not telling you, I'm not boasting and saying I've lay hold or I've, I've actually made it yet. In fact, Paul said, my righteousness is as filthy rags. But he's saying, I will not be distracted. I'm in this game to win it. I will not be distracted. I won't be distracted by Satan. I won't be distracted by the things of the world. And I will not be distracted by other people. He says this one thing. And there's two things which are combined together. In this one thing, which are two things, he says forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth to those things which are before. Amen. Amen. I like the Australian coat of arms, you know. Anybody know why there's a kangaroo and an emu on the Australian coat of arms? Who knows why we chose a, a kangaroo and an emu on the Australian coat of arms? Well, brother, that would be interesting. Because <laughs> then I'll go back. 
Both animals can't move backwards. The emu and the kangaroo can only move forward. There's no such thing as being able to go backwards. Well, that's great, isn't it, eh? You know, we, we should be like that. There's no reverse. Amen. You see, we govern a lot of our life by happiness. And happiness is only determined by how the, the place that we feel that we should be compared with other people. So if we're not where other people are, we're not happy. And it governs our feelings that we really are looking around at other people. But joy is different. Joy goes much deeper. Joy is when your whole being sings because you know you're pleasing God and his face is shining upon you. That's joy. And that's the place where we must be in God. Amen. The word calling. The prize of the high calling. The word calling here means to fill up. To fill up. I'll read it. I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling or the fill up of God in Christ Jesus. The fill up of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. That God would be full full and complete in every one of us. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Well, we're running a race. And I don't try to pretend here tonight that this race is easy. It's not. If it was easy, we wouldn't need this book. This is a combination of many, as it were, Olympic events. Maybe the pentathlon. There's things going to come across our way in just about every part of our Christian life. And I'm sure that Brother Butcher could tell you, I can tell you, our wives can tell you, and other people can tell you, you are only going to make this if you keep your eyes on Jesus. Because he's the great athlete, he's the great runner, who's already run his course, and he's set the standard. He's won the victory for us. Hallelujah. And he has the crown of righteousness to crown us with when we, when we go to be with him. Praise God. Amen. Amen. We are, we, we are to be, as it were, thus minded as him. Read about Paul. That's why the Bible uh, gives us his letters. We should read about him. Read, read about some of the trials that he went through. And, uh, and you can't read the Bible and, and think that Paul or Peter or any of the disciples... Uh, it doesn't matter where you go in the Bible, you read about real men, real men. And uh, sometimes we go to Sunday school and we, we, we learn about the greatness of men. But you think, the greatest men, Moses had his failures. Yeah, Moses had his failures. Even Adam had his failures. Yeah. So we go on. Noah had his failures. But th these men... They, they, got their, they got their name in the book of Hebrews because they did not look back 
because they were determined to serve God with all of their heart, regardless of their weaknesses and regardless of their mistakes. Now, I'm not preaching that you should make mistakes, but I'm preaching that when you do make a mistake, don't stay down. Get up and get on. Amen. And, and I, I, I was moved to tears this week. I didn't see it. I, I, um, I saw a clip of it on the, on, the, on the ABC on my computer where that, where that New Zealand lady, they were running the race and, and somebody tripped over and, uh, and she stopped in the race and she turned to the, person, the lady on the ground and she said, come on, we have to finish this race. That was a spiritual race, as it were, because it wasn't about being first. It was about that I'm going to make it over the finishing line. I'm going to help you make it over the finishing line. Yeah. Amen. And, of course, many, many years ago, there's that, uh, that, that beautiful uh, picture I wish I had of actually been able to project it. Some of you may remember the, the man who was running in the race and tore his hamstring. And uh, some of you may have seen it quite the Olympic Games a long, long time ago. And, and he, he collapsed on, onto the field. And then a man ran out, jumped the fence. A man ran out onto the field. Just, well, it just appeared to be a spectator to start off with. And this man ran out and grabbed him by the hand. And he, he was leaping along. And the man was helping him to the finishing line. Turned out to be his dad. And his dad said, you've got to finish. And that's what our father's like. Doesn't matter how wounded you are. Doesn't matter how bashed up and uh, spiritually, as it were, run down. Your father's always going to be out there to help you. He's going to be over the fence and he's going to be on your arm because he wants you to finish that race. Amen? Amen. He wants you to finish that race. Now, I never was a marathon runner. But everybody thought because I was a runner, I could run a marathon. After all, if you're a runner, you can run anything. Well, uh, honestly, to tell you the truth, after I'd run a quarter mile, I couldn't run any further. <laughs> because I was not a marathon runner, but uh, I was uh, uh, I was in, the, in this marathon race in the high school, and I was in about 26th position, and I still remember coming over the hill and I'd, everybody had gone miles ahead of me. There were a lot of others behind, so I thought, oh, I've had it, I'm going to walk. <laughs> and, and I came past one of these judges on the side of the court. He said, is something wrong with you? In other words, you're supposed to be a runner and you're only walking. Well, I, I hadn't trained for that. But I, I want to say that to say that the Christian life is not a sprint race. If it was, we'd all win it. It is a long-distance race. It's a, a race for your life and for your salvation. Amen? I'm not saying that you should pace yourself. In other words, don't go too hard at it. I believe we have to go hard at it and, and serve the run the best we possibly can for the whole of our race. And Jesus will be there to help us and to give us strength. Amen? We, we will sing for his mercy endureth forever because we won't know how we made it. We won't, we won't be able to fathom out 
how we actually made it. And we'll be praising God because he is the one that helped us make it. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. I'm finishing now. Paul said in Philippians 3.17, Brethren, be followers together of me and mark them which walk so as you have us as ensamples. We need to encourage each other. But every one of us need to be an encourager. And we're not just an encourager by saying, come on, we've got to finish this race. Every one of us have to live our lives very, very, very carefully. Now, I'll tell you a story, and you won't know anybody's name, but it's a very sad story. Uh, We had a, a young lady in our church. She was saved. And then when I was pastoring, I got wind that she was, or an idea, or somehow I found out she'd been attending nightclubs. I can't believe this. But then almost at the same time, I found she was asking other young people in the church to go to nightclubs with her. I was very angry. I said to her, if you want to lose your own salvation, that's one thing. But you're in big, big trouble if you drag other people down with you. And you're enticing other people to do wickedness. She said, but they want to do it. I said, only because you're inviting them. Very sad. Well, she's still in the church. She's still around. I'm gone to another church. Maybe because she felt I spoke too abruptly to her. But we have to be examples. And Paul said, I'm an example. You can look at me and see how you've got to run this race. I'm, I'm a good example. I'm not, Paul's saying, I'm not ashamed if you follow after me. But at the same time, he was saying, my righteousness is filthy rags. So he was saying, just, just be careful. I am really a man, but I'm doing my best. So follow me. That's what we should be like. Amen? In, in life, there has been great leaders, very great leaders. One of those great leaders was Winston Churchill. Was he a spiritual man? No. But he raised up a nation in the face of a terrible war, in the face of almost definite loss. And he raised them up to realise that if they were defiant, they could actually win the war. He said... On the 13th of May, 1940, I have nothing to offer but blood, toil, tears and sweat. 
Wow, that's a quite a way to encourage people to move on, isn't it? <laughs> I have nothing else to offer but uh, blood, toil, tears and sweat. And then, three weeks later, he said, we shall not flag or fail. We shall go on to the end. We shall fight in France. We shall fight on the seas and the oceans. We shall fight growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall defend our island. Whatever the cost may be, we shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight on the fields. We'll fight in the streets. We'll fight in the hills. We will not surrender. Man, I'm impressed by a preach, by a speech like that. And he wasn't even a preacher. That's got to be our attitude. He didn't stop there. Five months later, they were still fighting. He said, death and sorrow will be our companions on this journey. Hardship will be our garment. Constancy and valor our shield. We must be united. We must be undaunted. We must be inflexible. Well, as I can say, that's the Bible with the Bible with not with the Bible in it. That could almost be Paul speaking to us, couldn't it? In a spiritual sense, not a physical fight. Be inspired. Be inspired for who you really are in God. You've heard me say this before, people. I, I just love it. The Bible says now are you the sons of God. It doesn't say we're becoming the sons of God. It says, now are you the sons of God. When you were saved, you became a son of God or a daughter of God. Then it says, but it does not yet appear. That's the problem we have because we look at ourselves and, well, I don't really feel like a saint of God. I don't, you know. It does not yet appear. But when he shall appear, when he shall appear, that's when, it's going to, that's when they're going to say, wow, I, I didn't see hundreds of people gathered outside the church here tonight to see the saints of God arrive in church. I didn't see anybody standing out there saying, oh, look, there goes the sons of God. They're going into church. Nobody was out there. But I tell you what, when Jesus appears, <laughs> they'll be saying, Look, there goes the sons of God! They'll belittle it, they'll, they'll trivialize, make it trivial right now, but just wait until that moment. Don't try to find the crowd at the door, they won't be there. Don't look for pats on the back in this world, it won't be there. But Jesus will be there in the end. Fix your eyes on him. Fix your heart on him. There's an altar here tonight. If you want to refresh yourself in God, if you want to become more determined. I know we've, we've had lots of examples in front of us this past week. So uh, with the Olympic Games, with people running races and, and, and people lifting weights and people swimming, doing their absolute best for a little bit of publicity and a gold medal to hang around their neck worth about $4,000.
but that's nothing compared with the prize that's waiting for us, that Jesus wants to give us. Amen. When we live and reign with him in glory, that those things are absolutely nothing. Amen. Jesus loves you. There's an altar here if you want to commit yourself. I'm not telling you you're sinners. I'm not saying that at all. What I am saying is a place here if you want to pray and say, Lord, I'm back in training, Lord, because I'm going to win that race. I'm getting my attitude right because I'm going to win that race. It's all about attitude. It's all about our desires. When you're praying tonight, look unto Jesus. Just get a bit of an an idea, get a bit of a sight of the finishing line. Amen. See yourself standing in heaven with Jesus on the victory podium. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Musicians may want to come and, and sing. We'll come and pray with you. If you particularly want us to pray for you, just lift your hand up and, and we'll pray for you. Otherwise, this is just a, a time of, of recommitment. Give me strength, Jesus. Give me strength. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Amen, amen.